I think one of the reasons that I think is really wow superpower of why we've been able to endure in a space that, you know, can be really tough, especially as we've seen, you know, kind of prices come back to earth um, with all of the changes in the market is that, you know, you have to think through, like, there's going to be a lot of people that want to be in your community when the numbers are up. Um, but I think the true magic is how do you create a community that's mission aligned, that's with you when there's a rocky market and wants to stand by you when the numbers are down. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast, your go-to source to succeed in the fast-moving world of Web3. I'm Matt Medved, and each week we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. GM, GM, everyone, welcome back to the NFT Now podcast. Today's guest is very special. We've got Shannon Snow, the COO of World of Women, one of the world's leading NFT brands celebrating representation, inclusion, and equity in Web3 and beyond. Uh, they just launched their Art Fest for the spring uh, and have some really interesting initiatives in the works, especially around IP. I'm excited to get into it. Before we do, I want to encourage you to sign up for our weekly newsletter at nftnow.com. Each week, we distill all the mayhem in the markets and everything happening into the space into actionable insights direct to your inbox. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Shannon Snow from World of Women. Shannon, so happy to have you on the NFT Now podcast. We are out here at VCon, mobile setup. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling great. It was so amazing to see you on the field at Beacon. It reminds me of the magic of the community. So I'm so excited we get to be here virtually as well. Likewise. Well, let's jump into it. We got a lot to cover. Uh, it's an exciting time for World of Women. But first of all, you know, for those who are tuning in and maybe aren't as familiar, just give us some background. What is World of Women? What's the origin story? How did it all come together? Absolutely. So World of Women is the world's leading mission-driven NFT community. It was founded in July 2021, and it's a historic collection. Um, at the time it was founded, there were profile picture collections coming into play, but there were no collections that featured female avatars. So our uh, founding artist, Yem Karkai, saw this hole in the market. She did not want another wave of technology to occur where women were not included. Um, so she created a historic collection of 10,000 PFPs featuring diverse women avatars living on the blockchain. Uh, since then, we've done over $300 million in primary and secondary sales. We have a community of 14,000 amazing holders and collectors all over the world. Um, and we have a social reach of over 100 million from notable people, including Reese Witherspoon, Ava Longoria, Shonda Rhimes, who have all used WOW as a PFP to signify that they believe in our values of equality, representation uh, for all in Web3 and beyond. Amazing. Well, full disclosure, everyone, I am one of those holders. Uh, I think I bought my, my World of Women uh, back in August of 2021, uh, if, that, if I recall. And, you know, uh, it, it's a really, really special community. And, and one thing I remember uh, from that day, it was the early days, that was I remember popping into the Discord um, and seeing how vibrant and active it was, you know, even like post-mint. Because back in those days, obviously, there was a lot of like, you know, hype around these mints and like there'd be all the energy and then like you'd see it kind of like spike and then sometimes drop off if it wasn't like really a values-based community or wasn't people weren't coming together for the right reasons. But I remember being really impressed by um, just the, the energy and the activity in the world of women discord even after that like 
spotlight of the mint era was was there and i was like huh this is really great and so um obviously it's been amazing to see the trajectory since um i'd love to hear a little bit about your own journey into into world of women and how did you get involved in the project yeah well first i mean thanks for one being a holder and just the nod to the energy of the world of women discord and the community i think it's a real point of pride for us i actually just came back from a16z crypto school where i was teaching how to build an engaged community based on some of the lessons that we found in building world of women um, and i do think that the community is one of the things that really makes it special and especially having amazing humans like you in there is awesome um, a little bit about my background uh, i came into world of women just about a year ago uh, i was a holder of the project as well. Uh, but I'd spent my career in big tech. Um, I was at Google for over 10 years, building and leading teams in Silicon Valley. And then I moved to Meta, where I did a couple different roles, one working with Series B through exit stage startups and helping them accelerate. And then most recently heading the US entertainment division, where I was helping entertainment companies think through their marketing, as well as how they would move into the metaverse. Um, but I think when I looked at where technology was going and the progress of um, and the pace of Web3, I, I really thought that I'd spent the first eras of technology, you know, caught the end of Web1 at Google, like squarely in Web2 at Facebook and Meta. Um, and I wanted to step into Web3 really standing for values that matter for me. I think what we've seen is that technology has huge impact on our lives. You know, the devices we use and the way we connect ends up having such a such a role in the lives that we play as we've spent more of our lives digitally and technology has just changed kind of the trajectory. Um, so when I saw, you know, kind of the trends in ownership and community that were happening Web3, um, I thought I really wanted to step into that chapter, uh, standing for, you know, values that we think are important, um, creators and ownership and some of these values that I think a lot of us in this space, um, you know, want to see continue even as the technology just rapidly, rapidly changes. So it was such an honor to join WOW um, in June of 2022. And it's been just a, a pure joy to help this community move and grow. Amazing. Well, we have a lot to get into. There's a lot of exciting topics, but I know the one that is top of mind is ArtFest, which is, uh, which is going on right now. Uh, for the world of women community, um, tell us a little bit about it. What's what what is the what's the idea there? I know it, it uh it, it's it's super exciting and it revolves all around art. Absolutely. So a little bit of history. So World of Women, um, obviously one of our key principles is using our platform to uplift and elevate the next generation of artists. I think it was really incredible that Yam, our founding artist, was able to go from not making a living as an artist to being one of the top female NFT um, sellers in history. And so we've always had a strong um, uh, vision around using our platform to help other artists do the same and help everyone kind of celebrate together. Um, so in the beginning, World of Women actually would do art drops monthly to holders, um, dropping new art and, um, and helping uh, our holders discover new art. Um, but, you know, as we continue to see the community evolve, what we realized is that people wanted an, an event, you know, they join these communities because they love to interact, they love to celebrate together. And to your point of like, you know, a lot of energy in the WOW Discord, like we really wanted to create a moment to help our community come together around our shared values and passions. Um, it really hit home for me. I mean, WOW through this gigantic celebration at um, Art Basel. We had the WOW Gala. We had over a thousand people come, you know, dress up, celebrate WOW. We honored the community. And after that event, you know, which our community is still talking about, I realized that, you know, even though we had over a thousand people at the event, you know, we're never going to have an event where 
14,000 members of our community can all come, right? Like it's um, it's really hard to get, you know, so many people all over the world across time and space um, together physically. So we had to create a celebration to help our community celebrate virtually around our values and passions. So Art Fest is a quarterly celebration around art and creativity. It is synced to the last full moon of each season so that as the moon becomes full, you can think about when Art Fest is going to come. Um, and it just highlights diverse voices in art, you know, especially women, non-binary, uh, black and brown artists, diverse artists from all over the world, um, because we want to make sure that we are, you know, giving new voice to artists that um, that uh, want to be introduced to the WOW community. Um, they create art that is inspired by the eight planets of the WOW universe, um, and new art reveals every day. So each day you log in as a holder, you see art from artists like Sarah Bauman, who did Women and Weapons, uh, Glam Beckett from Sad Girls. Um, they've all created art inspired by the WOW universe um, that's available to claim. That is super cool. And, and, you know, I love the fact that you're also including artists who have their own, you know, um, kind of like women's inspired like uh, community projects as well, because, you know, in, in like in a Web2 world, you someone might, you know, make the case that that would be your competition. But I think that's what Web3 is really about is this like lack of a zero sum environment where like, you know, like communities can can collaborate and, and uplift each other. Honestly, I mean, we're stronger together. I mean, Sarah, for example, she's a member of our community as well. She um, has been such a great supporter. And, um, you know, we have tried different curations. Um, for our first art fest, which occurred in winter, Sachi was our partner. And it was a really good mix of digital artists um, that were more known in the NFT space that WOW curated. And then ones that Sachi brought to the fold that were a little bit more known in the traditional art world and were looking to pull into digital. Um, for this art fest, Maker's Place is our um, partner, which is very um Fabulous. And WOW has been picking artists that are more known in the digital space to elevate um, and give uh, more credibility to the artists that are being dropped. Um, but we also, as a partner, um, as a side activation, did an art contest uh, for anyone to enter. Um, we had artists from all over the world submit new art on social media. Um, Maker's Place actually helped us curate uh, 10 uh, uh pieces of art that would be showcased on Maker's Place and they would be able to mint for free. Um, and they're working to create curations both online and offline for those artists. So I think that, you know, the takeaway is that, you know, we're the partners that we choose are helping us both like bring in new art as well as like elevate some of the established art in service of our mission and community. That's really cool. So let's let's jump into dynamics a little bit. You know, I, I know that there are what 16 curated art pieces. There's different, there's different curations for World of Women and for World of Women Galaxy. Uh, there's this eligibility that's linked to planets and like the skin tone of, of, your, of your World of Women or your World of Women Galaxy. And you're also, even though uh, holders are able to collect for free, you're also uh, sharing royalties and paying artists. Yeah, we're really proud about that. Um, we're sharing royalties with the artists. Um, and we realized that we wanted to create a fun gamified element as well. So for those not in the WoW community, you know, basically the skin tone trait of your WoW reveals what planet your WoW is from. Um, so if you have a blue WoW, they're from, you know, kind of the blue planet. And, uh, you know, you can basically reveal art based on uh, the planet of origin story. Um, but, you know, you may not have a WoW from every planet. So you can actually 
buy the art on secondary if you're interested in holding a full set. Um, and we're actually doing um, some fun bonuses for anyone that collects the full set of, of the art. Um, you get a bonus piece that, um, that is not available uh, to be dropped only if you have all of the previous pieces. Very cool. Very cool. So how, how long is, is, uh, is ArtFest going and, and how can people get involved? Yeah, so um, you can get, if you're a World of Women holder, you can go to artfest.worldofwomen.art and you can log in, you can see all the art available, you can claim for the wows that you own. If you don't own wow, you can go on secondary and see some of the pieces that are starting to um, come online. And Artfest closes on May 26th. Um, and we actually extended Artfest this year. Um, the We saw some crazy high gas prices happening and it's a free claim, but you do pay gas. So we we had to do a couple things to mitigate it in service of the community. One, we extended the ArtFest claim. So it's good for everyone who's hearing this podcast that may still have that opportunity to claim. Um, and two, we launched a new feature where actually if you hold multiple wows and you want to just claim everything at once and save a little bit on gas, uh, you can just hit that claim all and claim everything. So, um, so yeah. And then if you have not yet had a chance to experience some of the art, I think just visiting um, the ArtFest site, you can enjoy the beauty of the art and just get in inspired and maybe learn about a few artists that you had not yet uh, discovered yet. Super cool. Super cool. And, and, you know, I think it's, you make a really great point that like art has always kind of been a central focus of the community. Now that I think about, it, I remember all of those airdrops I would receive, you know, of the different art that's inspired by, by wow. And like, and, and the artists in the community, I think like, I think that's something that's really interesting, especially as we're like, like there's a reason why gas was going crazy, right? We're in this weird, like meme coin season where like, you know, things are pumping and, and like here and there, random things. It's like kind of a strange market for NFTs right now. Um, but it feels like art will always have this like enduring value. Um, and, and, you know, like there's a, there's a saying in the artist community that like art is up only, you know? So I, I'm curious, like, like what, what role does, does art play in both like world of women's, um, you know, it present incarnation and also like future plans? I mean, it's huge for us, right? And it's, we, obviously every community is thinking right now about how to evolve as the industry evolves, right? And for us, you know, as creator royalties have, you know, kind of, you know, didn't, didn't been diminishing with the marketplace wars um, and, you know, the rise of blur, um, you know, we really have been focusing on IP licensing and partnering with brands, which has been huge for us um, and really exciting. But you realize that, you know, the reason that WOW has been successful in those is because we have really beautiful art um, and they love the aesthetics of the WOW art and because of the mission of World of Women, right? The mission is really to empower women and empower upcoming artists. And so a lot of times, you know, we'll be speaking with a brand that wants to partner with WOW, whether it's on a new drop or, you know, an IP collection. Um, and, you know, really like it's, it's because of the values and the art that we stand for um, that makes it really attractive. Um, we're also using art as a catalyst to, um, to further our diversity goals. Um, we have a program called Let's Mint, and the goal is to onboard women and girls into Web3 and tech. I feel very passionate about it as someone who felt that my own career trajectory changed so much as I was able to enter Silicon Valley. Um, but really, the wedge is getting girls excited about art, right? You grow up, you create art, you often are doing it in school and seeing that, you know, that passion could translate into minting your own NFT, learning about Web3, getting exposed to opportunities and technology, um, you know, it's really just this catalyst for, um, you know, for opportunity and social action. Um, so it's something that 
really like underscores everything that we do. You know, um, if we look across WOW's business, it's like IP licensing. It's like would not happen without incredible art. Uh, our foundation activities use art as an inspiration. Um, and with our community, it's like how do we rally our community and celebrate together around art is exactly what we're doing at ArtFest. So it's absolutely core. Very cool. There's a lot to unpack there. I'd love to like dig in a bit too on what you said about um, this post-royalty era, because I think it's something that a lot of communities are going through right now. Obviously, when WoW launched, it was a very different climate in the space um, where secondary sales royalties were being uh, upheld and enforced um, you know, at the marketplace level. And, um, and you could actually rely on that as a, uh, as a revenue stream. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, with Blur and the changes with, with OpenSea, that's no longer the case. So how, how do you approach a community-based project like WoW when you can no longer rely on on that revenue stream? It's all about diversification. Um, We were lucky in the sense that we had always planned and forecasted that creator royalties would go away. I think part of the fact that, you know, WoW was so popular, I mean, in there was a, num- a time when that number was so high. It also was just a reality check of like, this is not going to always continue. We have to be grateful for this, but we have to plan ahead. Um, so that was why IP licensing had always been really core for WoW. Um, we signed some of the earliest IP licensing deals. And um, one of the ones that is more visible that we launched recently was with Nicole's Richie's House of Harlow line. That was the first time uh, WoW merchandise was available to non-WoW holders. But that is really the path going forward in terms of creating um, new product categories and new um, ways that we can license our um, IP to create new revenue streams. Um, and often how that works is, you know, companies will pay a licensing fee to maybe license um, with us, um, license specific WOWs. And then as they create the product, you know, you um, have a certain revenue split um, on the back end as that product rolls out. Um, so for us, you know, the next categories that you'll see us move into um, are beauty as well as CPG. Um, so we've really been focusing on that as a key revenue driver. Um, The other pieces, um, certainly that go well with community businesses are sponsorships, Um, you know, we are lucky to have really great events for our community, and I think it creates a lot of opportunities for companies to come in and sponsor, um, whether it's a digital event like ArtFest or physical events like um, community meetups and galas. So I think that for us, um, you know, we also really look at collabs as another key way that we can expand our scope and mission. Um, so certainly looking at many different revenue streams, but um, I think any community that says they have it 100% figured out, um, you know, would be uh, remiss, right? It's such a fast move movie market, but all we can do is think through, um, you know, key ways that, you know, monetization can grow feeling forward. Um, and we feel good that there's certainly paths to keep our community thriving. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I, I think also, you know, when, when we think about it, um, what we're seeing is the, a lot of these projects really becoming like proper companies in a sense, you know, being able to build these like diversified revenue streams, being able to like build IP and the like, and take this beyond just like the initial collection, right? Um, and so one thing that's interesting, and I think we're seeing it in different contexts throughout the space or in different projects is like, sometimes building those new revenue streams, um, while critical for the future viability of the company, uh, doesn't always necessarily dr- draw back to direct value to the to the original holders that will influence the floor price, which is a lot what a lot of people in the space, you know, for better or for worse, are, are focused on. So I'm wondering how you navigate that kind of tension uh, as you as you build, uh, you know, a a sustainable uh, uh, business. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is, you know, regardless of the path of monetization you take, you can never forget that um, it's community first, right? The reason you are where you are is because you have that passionate community. Um, so I think that it's really, really important to um, to remind your community that, you know, the mission of why you're there. I think one of the reasons that I think is really wow superpower of why we've been able to endure in a space that, you know, can be really tough, especially as we've seen, you know, kind of prices come back to earth um, with all of the changes in the market is that, you know, you have to think through, like, there's going to be a lot of people that want to be in your community when the numbers are up. Um, but I think the true magic is how do you create a community that's mission aligned, that's with you when there's a rocky market and wants to stand by you when the numbers are down. Um, so for us, I think that that is, you know, clear communication about what the value is to the community, investing in things like Art Fest that are, um, you know, kind of a give back and a way to have value that, um, you know, maybe doesn't necessarily impact the floor, but certainly gives a recurring way way to give back value um, and, you know, just uh, involving the community along the way. Um, we've been developing some new projects, some um, platform type projects um, to help our community connect as well as like new IP engagements. Um, and we've created a builder's corner where our community can give real-time feedback in terms of what we're working on. So they're sort of bought in of like, you know, the direction we're going. Um, that's been really successful as well as launching a community council um, where we are actually embedding community members. Um, within our product team, marketing team, community and foundation team um, with the goal of, you know, making sure that we have really insightful input from engaged community members about how we can make sure that we're both, um, you know, executing these things in a good way, but doing so in a way that the community will be excited. I love that. I love that. I'm curious, like, are there any kind of like moments that stand out uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, anecdotally, like, areas with the community or like lessons learned along the way, um, you know, as you've navigated what has been obviously like, you know, one thing's interesting about World of Women, it, it's been there for the bull, it's bull, like for the, for the peak of like the bull market. And then it's also gone through the bear. And so I, I'm sure you've, you've, you've navigated the ups and the downs. And I'm curious, like, just, you know, what, what stands out from, from, uh, from navigating that? I think the biggest thing is we have to be able to be flexible to trends, but also realize that as things change, we need to bring our community with us. The biggest thing that comes to mind is as WoW was launching um, in the early days, there was a lot of focus on digital fashion and digital identity, which of course makes sense. You use your WoW as your digital identity. Like, of course we are in that space. Um, but some of the early models we looked at was, um, you know, we did some amazing collaborations with Fabricant for um, clothing. Uh, we have a great partnership with the Sandbox so that you can log in as your WoW um, in the Sandbox. But we realized that, um, you know, there was a lot of early hype around metaverses. Um, and I think that we are going to get there. Absolutely. But I think it can't be the only thing that we focus on, right? Like there was sort of a peak of metaverse interest. And now it's leveling out in terms of, you know, what's the user interest, you know, you know, can we actually wear clothing in the metaverse? And I think it will get there, but it's probably like a five, 10 year timeline between the interoperable metaverse that we all picture and are building towards. And so what can you give your community in the meantime, right? So it's kind of brought us down the earth. I mean, I think it was a it was a really interesting moment, you know, for me, like doing amazing, like gorgeous clothing with Fabricant, you know, sharing them. And then, you know, people saying like, okay, right. But like, how do I, how do I actually share this? Like, where do I actually wear this? Like which murder metaverses can it bring in? And it was really clear that, you know, 
this was a really exciting path, but it may not really come to full power, um, you know, until maybe another five years out. So, you know, it's really about how do we focus on trends that are happening now that give our community a way to engage. Um, so, for example, at our VCon booth, uh, we're doing an activation around AI art and teaching people to use AI in art process to develop new art that is um, building out the story and values of the WOW universes. Um, we're collaborating a lot with Sandbox around education in the metaverse. And so I think it's really having that long-term vision and knowing that we're going into these exciting directions, but realizing that there's going to be different trends and you have to give your community things that they can do and learn about now um, versus always building for like a 10-year future. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I know you also touched on the importance of IP for, uh, for World of Women. And I want to dig into that a bit more. Like, how do you see uh, the World of Women IP kind of growing, branching out and um, creating this sort of like ecosystem or this universe um, you know, as, as, as we think about uh, as we think about the, the, the adoption arc of like mainstream, uh, you know, use of this technology? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely early categories where, um, you know, we've had momentum. I think for us, you know, in terms of expanding the IP, it's about visibility um, through gaming um, and entertainment. So Sandbox was a great early partnership for us, really showcasing that, you know, playable wows in the sandbox is something that can really be um, be done. And that's certainly a category where we're having a lot of conversations in terms of how we can extend um, the use of RIP in, in the context where, honestly, people are spending a lot of time. Um, you know, certainly entertainment is interesting because it allows us just to get more visibility for World of Women. Um, and then, you know, from a product standpoint, it's how do we, you know, kind of showcase wows on different products. Um, we are very lucky in that we have a great IP license. Um, uh, we gave For Your Wow full IP rights to holders. Um, and Galaxy Digital actually did a full audit of every top NFT project and found that Wow's license was most permissive. Um, and what that has enabled is that, you know, we've had Wow holders create products in categories that like we wouldn't be able to do ourselves, right? Um, you know, we had a holder who's like, oh, I'm doing Wow tea, uh, you know, like Wow green juice, Wow wine, like the holders are also um, expanding. And I think that that helps the entire community, right? Because when you see um, um, that you can use your IP to create and launch a product that already has kind of visible branding. Um, it helps you as a holder, but it also helps the overall brand because you're able to scale and uh, get into new categories that maybe, you know, you aren't doing centrally, but you would love to see um, the visibility and expansion. That makes sense. That makes sense. And one thing I'd love to hear your thoughts on too, obviously, you know, there's the, there's a, the Genesis World of Women collection, you know, the 10K and then there's the World of Women Genesis, which was like the sister second collection, uh, slightly over over double that. Um, how do you think about these two collections uh, and how they live together, uh, especially as we look towards you know a world uh, where um, you know this technology and this space is is going to be moving towards more mainstream adoption, more market penetration, and more people coming in. I mean, I think that when we launched Wow Galaxy, it was you know really important from a team standpoint because the wow price had become you know so so high and we're a project that's about inclusion um and so did it really make sense to be talking about you know we're going to 
be diverse, we're going to be representative, we're going to be inclusive, and then, you know, have the core asset be so unaffordable for, you know, majority of people. Um, so WoW Galaxy is, you know, a bigger collection. Um, it gets a lot of the same benefits as holding a WoW. Um, you can same, you know, utilize your IP in the same way that you use your WoW IP. Um, the art is really gorgeous, but it is a bigger collection and it's at a more affordable price point. So um, that is certainly key for us. And often when we do our Let's Mint sessions, onboarding women and girls and teaching them how to, um, you know, about Web3 and how to mint their first uh, NFT, often, you know, after that session, they, um, you know, they end up minting a WoW Galaxy um, as kind of an entry point to really learn about the uh, collection. Um, so I think if we look ahead um, in terms of expanding, um, we are super careful about making sure that we're not putting too many assets out in the market because we do want to protect, um, you know, the current holders. Um, but we're really excited about the opportunities to do collabs um, because I think that that gives a great benefit to um, both extend us into new market, but, you know, leverage new audiences. Um, so you will see um, a couple of pretty exciting collabs in the next year um, that will get new WOW digital assets in the market. And I know that there have been some pretty cool and exciting collabs already. You know, um, there was the billboard cover with Madonna and the like. I'm curious, like, how do you see, like, how do you see the WOW IP and the artwork penetrating, like, the mainstream uh, through some of these uh, partnerships? I mean, that's really our core strategy, right, is to take our licensing across every major category, partner with some of the best in each category and use that to gain visibility. Um, you know, usually you do co-marketing with those um, those type of partnerships. And so it just allows you to reach, you know, maybe someone who is in beauty, you know, they haven't really thought a lot about, uh, you know, digital assets, but, you know, they're introduced to this product project, a product that has um, beautiful wow art, but also, you know, kind of a digital component. Um, we're seeing a lot of um, great work across the space. I mean, I think what Pudgy Penguins just did with their plushy dolls with the digital component that shows that you own it. Um, it's very simple, but it also really shows like what's possible in the space in terms of, you know, um, launching a physical product, but having that digital component. Um, and I think that that's also very right in terms of the tenor of the market right now, where you see that a lot of brands, um, you know, maybe are not too sure about NFTs, but they do want to focus on digital collectibles. And I think that that's a trend that every project can um, can consider as they expand. Does that mean we may see World of Women, uh, more World of Women like physical uh, uh, products and elements out there? Yeah. Um, if you stop by the VCon booth, you can see a sneak peek of the next one that you'll see come out. Um, it is Wow Monopoly, um, which is super, super gorgeous. Um, and so uh, we haven't launched, uh, dropped the release date, um, but you know, certainly from a from a value standpoint, that one was really huge for us in the sense that every all of us probably learned about money and how money works from Monopoly. Um, and so doing a World of Women Monopoly board was all about how do we change the conversation around women, girls, and money, especially in the new digital economy. Um, so that's one physical that you'll see, but many more um, along the way, especially in the luxury category. Um, how do I? Uh, yeah, I would say luxury and beauty are the ones that you can expect uh, next in the physical realm. Very cool. Very exciting. Well, we will stay tuned there. Um, you know, I, I think also, I know you touched on this with, with Let's Mint and the like, but I know that the mission statement for uh, World of Women is all about celebrating representation, inclusivity, and equal opportunities for all. And that's something that we are uh, huge supporters of at NFT Now as well. Um, you know, we believe that uh, the, the potential of Web3 is really to 
um, bypass the like entrenched hierarchies and the gatekeeping um, that has like characterized Web two and and long before that, uh, and really be able to democratize access and allow um, you know allow us to build a more equitable future. But obviously, this future is not going to build itself, right? And we have to be careful. We need to like really step up in terms of our own efforts to ensure that Web three just doesn't reflect uh, everything that was wrong with Web two. So I'm curious, like. How are how is uh, how is is Wow leading that forward, and also how can we as community members rise to that occasion? I mean, it's hugely important. Um, I think that you know there's there's a couple of different trends happening. I mean, I think in order for broader adoption in our industry, we of course need to make it easy to um, to interact with Web three. And I love you know the, I love what Reddit's doing in terms of you know having avatar onboarding, and you know people don't even know that they're you know getting a digital collectible in many cases. They just think they're getting an avatar. I think Starbucks is going to do incredible things to um, you know make blockchain technology much more native and existing rewards programs. But I think that, you know, how you really earn and maximize the opportunity that Web3 enables is by getting knowledgeable about how the ecosystem works, is by getting an understanding of the tech and being really native into the tools. Um, and that's why WOW, you know, is focusing on educational efforts with our foundation, um, because I think that the more educated um, we can be in terms of, um, you know, how to operate in this space, the more power you have to really be a decision maker versus just a consumer in that situation. Um, one of the things that we've done that we were most proud of was the collaboration with Ledger. Um, you know, we did a uh, wallet security quiz where, you know, you kind of learned all about, you know, how to have a secure, um, you know, presence in Web3. You had to answer an extremely hard 30-question uh, quiz. Um, and as a result, you were um, allowed to uh, enter in a raffle to get a WoW-branded um, Ledger. Uh, we distributed over a 1,000 Ledgers to winners of that quest. Um, but it showed, you know, education can be gamified. It can be fun, you know, we can get fun hardware to help keep secure. Um, but I think that if we don't focus on having that knowledge and spreading it, especially to people that may not, you know, traditionally have access, um, you know, we're not going to have a new generation of women and girls that are decision makers in Web3 versus just passive participants. And that's what we're focusing on. I love that. I love that. What do you, what do you feel are some of the biggest challenges that we are currently experiencing towards bringing more women into Web3 and, uh, and, and mainstream adoption there? I mean, part of the challenge is, is, you know, it's still really difficult to get into Web3, right? I mean, there's still way too many steps to, to set up your wallet, to actually buy any of these things. And so um, I think that we've really lost people in terms of the consumer ease. Um, and then more broadly, you know, I think that there's cultural challenges too. Um, even if you are just starting to learn about it, often the tools that, um, you know, that people are using, whether it's Discord or Web3 Twitter, I mean, both Discord and Twitter are primarily male users. I actually looked up the stats on this. Uh, you know, Discord, I think, is 34% female, um, the rest male. Twitter, actually, the 2023 stats show similar, 68% male, 32% female on Twitter. Um, so, you know, women who are getting into this space are really encountering, you know, not just a lot of, you know, really poor UI. They're encountering a an environment that can often be, you know, certainly skewed away from, you know, the demographic diversity that we would want to see, um, but sometimes really toxic too. Um, so I think that that is why some of the communities, you know, like World of Women, where you can go and be in a space where it's very explicit that we want you here, we celebrate your inclusion, like many of the things you do here might 
you know, not be that uh, different that you, you would do in other communities, but like, we're really clear that like you're wanted and we care about your positive outcomes um, makes a huge difference. Um, and the WOW community is very diverse. I mean, we have 60% women and non-binary, but we have 40% men as well. And we're really proud of that because it's not just, hey, this is only for women. Like this is just a place for people who believe in equality um, to come together and create a positive non-toxic environment where we can learn and thrive. Um, so we're really focused on making sure that we're continuing to grow that, um, giving new platforms for our community to do that together. We're working with our VP of product right now to build a new um, platform that will supplement some of the tools that we currently use in Web3, um, where our community can kind of learn, play, and earn together. Because um, I think it's really important to have those um, avenues to, to really promote the, um, the change that we want to see. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think I bring, you bring up a really good point. You talk about like, the, the elements of toxicity that exist in the space. You know, one of the um, one of the things I've, I've been saying for a bit is that I feel the, the NFT space is, is heading for a bit of like a mental health crisis and that, um, you know, just the combination of, you know, the 24-7 markets and the FOMO and like the ups and the downs and like, you know, the, the always online and the social media addiction and everything. Like, I'm curious, like, as you're working to build that toxic environment, like, what are you seeing from your community in terms of how does your community kind of maintain a safe space how, do, how does it stay grounded? And also, like, how do you personally kind of keep stay grounded when you're navigating what is a really wild frontier that we're all uh, kind of at the forefront of? Yeah, no, I'm really glad you brought it up because it, it has been something that we've been focusing on for a long time for that exact reason. I mean, I think that you can't really expect that you're going to be like 24-7, you know, in an environment that can get very heated and toxic and not have, um, you know, challenges from like a mental health standpoint. Um, we've done a, a few things, you know, both for our team and for our community. Um, we actually work with a, um, a counselor um, uh, that anyone in our team can access um, because we know that it can be really overwhelming and we want to make sure that our um, our team has the support of mental health, um, you know, access to mental health specialists um, in case you need to get perspective, um, take a break. Um, so we've been really, really, um, you know, I think we've had uh, we've had that benefit for for over a year because we recognize that um, you know it it can certainly happen, especially when you're spending a lot of time with these tools. Um, we actually. Uh, over this last holiday, we fully closed um, both WOW and our Discord between Christmas and New Year's. Um, you know, we actually didn't want anyone to um, be online. Like we said, hey, like we actually need you to take a break. Um, it's not normal for us to be on all the time. Um, and we closed our Discord except for our mental health specific channel because we also wanted our community to take a break too. And we realized that they rely on Discord and the WOW community, but we also want to make sure that we're um, we're giving permission, right, to log off and spend time with your family and, you know, get time that is away from the screen. Um, we just uh, were proud to partner with MTV on Mental Health Action Day, which was May 18th. Um, we had Shira Lazar, who's also been a huge mental health advocate, um, has partnered with uh, Deepak Chopra um, on the Jomo Effect um, um, NFT launch and in support of mental health. Um, and we had two events yesterday uh, that supported that, our meetup at Beacon, as well as a Foundation event in UK happening, happening simultaneously um, and bringing awareness to the fact that, you know, if we don't take care for our mental health, um, this can be a really toxic space. So it's something that I really encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast to just take a deep breath and think through like, what is your own strategy? You know, for me, it's, I have to drink water, 
do yoga, write my um, daily plan and gratitude for the day before I open up Twitter. Um, because if I don't start really grounded with you know my own health, I'm not going to be able to spread a positive message um, you know to my team and to my community and to my friends and family. Um, so I hope that anyone listening will will think through like what is their strategy for that as well because that's really really critical. I love that. And, and shout out to Shira, uh, obviously an important advocate in our space. She and I actually did a, a panel on mental health uh, at Consensus. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we shared there, too, is like, just what like you said, the importance of like being able to like stay grounded and, and get and, and do right by you before opening up Twitter, getting opening, like taking out, you know, like, like opening your phone and like getting that that onslaught of just everyone else's, you know, uh, things coming at you, you know, I think it's really critical to create that space for yourself. Um, you know, I, I do it in the morning when I wake up, because that's actually when when you're like, your neuroplasticity is at its highest. It's like that, like your creativity for, for things that are like, you know, if you're creative, like that's that critical window for you to get that out there. And a lot of people waste that because they just like open their phone and start scrolling. And it's just they're dealing with everybody else's things coming out instead of what their own things uh, are coming from within. Yeah, I'm very much about that. I mean, I think for me, you know, having a, having a process of, you know, it's different for everyone. For me, it's always been yoga and trying to drink water, which I'm, I'm horrible at water, but (laughs) yoga I'm consistent at. Um, but just realizing like, if I start my day with that, just everything goes better, um, you know, from a mental health standpoint and, and, and business wise, right. Because to your point, you feel grounded and you're able to make better decisions. Um, but you also see like the ripple effect that that has on your team and community. You know, um, I try to post, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, things that I'm thinking about in my post yoga meditation, or, you know, I'm pretty open about the fact that I do believe it's important to exercise and focus on your physical health. And, you know, sometimes you you just hear that from your team that, oh, you know, I, I thought I was going to be inspired by you from, you know, business guidance. And I am, but I'm actually even more inspired by the fact that you actually take time for your mental and physical health and that you prioritize that and, you know, that having an impact um, on your team, I think is also really important. So I'm sure your team, Matt, is also feeling the same way to have someone who's so grounded um, because like it has a huge ripple effect, you know, across the people that you serve. Yeah, I think it's incredibly important. Well, look, uh, as we start to move towards the close, like what's next for World of Women? Like, what can you tell us? We love the alpha. If there's any hints you can give us, let us know what's coming up. Well, we will be seeing the community. Um, we're, we're out on the road. So I'll be speaking at um, Non-Fungible Conference. Um, so we will be at NFC Lisbon. Um, we'll be hosting a community event there. Um, and a little alpha. Um, I will also be at Can Lion. Um, we haven't announced what is happening yet, um, but we will be doing exciting things there. Um, and of course, you know, for anyone who is, um, you know, visiting our site, um, artfest.worldofwomen.art, we're wrapping up Artfest, and we will have another one in the summer too. So um, always something happening for our community and for WOW. Amazing. Well, we have one more segment. It's our rapid fire segment, bullish or bearish. Um, you know, a couple, couple quick hot takes. So let's start. Are you bullish or bearish uh, on OpenSea? Oh, bullish. I think they're going to turn it around. <laughs> on, the, on the other side of the envelope, are you bullish or bearish on Blur? Uh, bearish because I think that they have to think about the full ecosystem that they're affecting. Very fair. Bullish or bearish digital fashion? Bullish, but it may take longer than we expect. That uh, sounds about right. Last one, bullish or bearish, 
big brands coming into Web3. Bullish. If you can see the contents of my email, you know big brands really want to come into Web3 and we're excited to help them. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Shannon. So great to have you on the NFT Now podcast. Thank you for joining us and really excited to see what uh, what World of Women has in store uh, for the rest of the year and beyond. Matt, thanks so much. We are so honored to have you in the WOW community. Thanks for being such a great thought leader in the space. I love what you guys are doing and excited to keep collaborating. Great conversation, as always, with Shannon. Really appreciated her perspective uh, on how a community-based NFT brand like World of Women navigates the post-creator royalty era uh, in the space, the importance of IP, uh, all of their efforts to support diversity and inclusion, and we can't forget mental health, uh, everything they're doing to create a safe space and environment uh, for their community. So loved hearing what they have in the works with ArtFest and excited to see uh, where the project goes. Uh, speaking of communities, we are building our own tokenized community with the Now Pass, building the future of tokenized media. Uh, encourage you to learn more uh, at nowpass.xyz. And if you feel so inclined, you can pick one up on OpenSea. We'd love to welcome you to the community. And uh, you can check out our Discord at discord.gg slash NFT Now. We'll see you again next week for the NFT Now podcast. Take care.